Speaking of Geelong, they're in a grand final and they're preparing for a hopeful premiership. Their first if they're successful since 2011. Well, not too many remain from that Premiership team of 2011. I can think of Joel Selwood and Tom Hawkins and Mitch Duncan, but it's been a massive turnover over many years under Chris Scott, who was coach of that 2011 Premiership outfit. He took over from Mark Bomber-Thompson, and there were still the remnants of that outstanding team through the late 2000s into the early 2010s. But this is very much Chris Scott's side. They've been the team to beat for most of this year, and they're hoping it's sweet 16 wins in a row when they take to the field on grand final day against the Swans. Wes Cusworth will be like a kid at Christmas this morning, I would have thought, as he joins us on Sports Breakfast. Good morning, Wes. Yes, it's very, very exciting times, not only in Geelong, but uh, in the Cusworth household, absolutely. Uh, my biggest challenge has try- been trying to find a size three jumper for my granddaughter in preparation for Saturday. But, uh, yeah, the town is... Uh, Obviously, just covered in blue and white, there's so much excitement around the region and we know that there's it's going to be a great game on Saturday uh, and hopefully the, the cats come away with the spoils. Well, give us an idea of the preparation in the Cusworth household. Now, you're heading along to the game. You've secured a ticket in the MCC members. But tell us uh, what the, the week looks like for a Geelong fan and uh, in your household, Wes. Yeah, look, it's, it's just such a very exciting time. I mean, I know that... It's a source of frustration for even some members of the Cats Whiskers crew who uh, have joined the many Geelong supporters in their quest to get grand final tickets. And that's probably something that I will talk about that the guys want to talk about during the podcast is the frustration of knowing that we've got 71,000 members. And I think we've got something like 17,000 tickets available for members. Uh, you guys no doubt are aware of all of the the corporate hangers-on that obviously come along to the grand final day and perhaps just detract from the atmosphere ever so slightly because we know the preliminary final games are typically enormous uh, because they are the truest indication of football supporters getting along to support their sides. But certainly in our household, there's a lot of excitement. I know that my uh, my son has that uh, in his household has been replaying the 2009 success and uh, and just, uh, I suppose, building the atmosphere there given the fact that, you know, we had that fantastic run of 07, 09 and 11 and hopefully we can replicate that in a couple of days' time. How are the 17,000 tickets being distributed? Ballot for the members. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is a massive source of frustration for people that have been ever so faithful and heading along to the games and... Um, it's not dissimilar to the MCC ballot, which is where I was successful in securing my ticket as a Melbourne Cricket Club member and knowing that we've got 25,000 members seats and 14,000 tickets go in the ballot. And I have a number of friends that have missed out on that basis as well. So there's a bit of angst. And, you know, we know full well that even like the West Coast, if, if the, I think it's 106,000 members for the West Coast Eagles and, and were they to play in the grand final, there's going to be very limited number of tickets available and half of the state would obviously flood over here to Victoria. So, yeah, that's a, a massive issue that the AFL needs to consider and I'm not sure that they're ever going to be able to increase the capacity of the MCG, but they need to explore maybe a more even distribution of the tickets between the corporates and also the club members.
the frustration, I suppose, is that if you're a family of five or something that go every week, that only one member might get a ticket. Is that how it works? Or you can, you, yeah, can you that's get right. blocked? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can get blocks, but often uh, you actually kind of make it a little more difficult to be successful in the ballot when you're going with that big block. And I think that's where I've had the success with the MCC is that I'm quite happy to, to head along to the footy and, and, and sit alone and sort of reflect and take it all in myself. And it just makes it that little bit easier. Uh, I know that back in 07, I was, um, I was working in the media that allowed me to access um, not only the, the media box, but also the Geelong Rooms straight after the game. So that was pretty memorable, being in the Geelong Rooms immediately following that 07 breakthrough success with the massive win against Port Adelaide. But, the um, yeah, the typical member, there's a good source of frustration, um, and the AFL probably needs to explore that as they do. A number of issues that are bubbling away. All right, let's talk about the game, Wes. The big uh, injury concern is, is Max Holmes, who left the field in the, the third quarter of the preliminary final with a hamstring. Now, he was seen jogging on, uh, on Monday, which was probably a good sign that he's still a chance to play. Do you think they'll take the risk with the Cats number nine? Mm, it's a very, very big question, isn't it? I reckon they're going to wait until the absolute last moment to make a decision on that. I, there was some incredibly encouraging signs when... He was jogging around and, and doing some stride-throughs and the like, and he came onto the field at the open training day earlier this week to rapturous applause. Apparently, the, the greatest applause for any player was for Max Holmes in the hope that uh, his uh, premiership campaign hasn't been thwarted by this injury. Obviously, there are some some concerns over taking an injured player into the game, and, and that generally doesn't work, does it? So uh, there's a couple of players in waiting, and, uh, and no doubt... We'll talk about all the possibilities for covering Max Holmes in the event that he doesn't come up. All right. Well, who are those people that will be in the mix? You'd have to think that you know, Brandon Parfitt's going to come into consideration and Sam Menegola. I'm a, I'm a really big Menegola fan and I just think that he is uh, a bit of a ball magnet and for that reason he makes... He becomes such a valuable player heading into a big game like that. The only thing is that... Any of the light-for-light light replacements uh, for Max Holmes aren't entirely light-for-light light because Max Holmes' explosive pace is clearly what sets him apart from a lot of players on the field. And having said that, that is what is the biggest risk with Max Holmes is the explosive pace. And if in, we get into the grand final, it's early doors, and then all of a sudden he encounters a similar sort of problem to that which he did last Friday night, then that is a massive concern for the Cats. But I'm going to go the way of Manny Dollar. Yep. Yeah, it's a popular one over here because he's a West Australian and he's an experienced player and certainly wouldn't be overawed uh, by the occasion. Wes Cusworth's with us. Uh, grand final week, the Cats play the Swans for ultimate premiership success and the Cats' whiskers will be must-listen to in the lead-up to the game. Wes, um, Chris Scott, he's been an incredibly successful coach over a long period of time. He came in and took over for Mark Thompson, won a premiership in his first year and he's only missed finals once and he's going to take over the record as the most games coached by the Cats in future as well. Just a word on Chris Scott and what he's done with this group with a change of style and clearly a change in fortunes. The last couple of years have been really, really good for Chris Scott, even though we haven't yet secured that premiership for him. Obviously, when he took over in um, 2011 and led the Cats to the premiership, there was a lot of talk around the fact that pretty much anyone in town could have led that very accomplished list of players to the premiership because they were so well drilled. He obviously 
needed to sort of make his own mark on the team. And I feel that it took a little bit of time for him to evolve into the role. And for a long time, critics were saying that he, he just didn't have that plan B or plan C, didn't have the capacity to adjust his coaching style in-game. And so I think that the last couple of years have taught us differently. And I think that it's been a really positive experience for Tris Scott, and particularly in terms of carving out his own image in, for the benefit of the Geelong Football Club supporting community that they've gained a great deal more respect for Chris Scott given the fact that in the last couple of years he has shown that he's got that level of flexibility and he has been able to introduce alternative plans and so I suppose um, you know key players but at the same time make the necessary adjustments when opponents are getting on top of us and, and I think if he were successful this season in terms of leading the Cats to the Premiership that would actually be uh, a massive tick against Chris Scott's name in the eyes of a lot of Geelong supporting people. Now, to be honest, what was your feeling you know, during the season when it was announced they were going to rest players and the, they'd start Dangerfield on the bench or Selwood? Or what, what, what was your, your feeling of what was happening in, in, in that time? I was pretty confident in the knowledge that they were managing players at the appropriate time to to sort of build towards something because we know full well that training loads can alter during the course of the season and that's why teams can hit flat spots and that's where I thought Melbourne maybe had gone that pathway that they'd started the season brilliantly that was the sort of Melbourne team that we came to expect last season and then all of a sudden they hit a flat spot and I thought oh well, maybe that's a training load thing and then they didn't actually ever really bounce back from that whereas I think Geelong managed their pace managed their run into finals really really well and I'm, I'm, I was confident at the time that the, the hierarchy knew what they were doing and that they were going to get the desired effect and it appears as if we've done that. I mean, ultimately, there will still be a lot of questions around the management of players if, in fact, we're not successful. But I think if things uh, work out evenly with a nice, firm, fast track at the MCG on Saturday, then we'll find that Geelong can play to the fullest potential and we'll hopefully come away with the spoils. All right, Wes, uh, time's got the better of us. So Geelong by how many and a Norm Smith medalist? Yeah, a pretty tight game for the bulk of it. I think Geelong will get away with a three or four goal win and I'm going to go with Paddy Dangerfield. We know that the um, Premiership medallion will be, the, in his mind, the missing piece of the Pat Dangerfield career puzzle, but I reckon the Norm Smith medal around his neck will be a really nice fit too. All right, so that's uh, to come on Saturday. Grand final, Geelong and Sydney at the MCG. You got any you can throw out for us to get our listeners? Because I think I've stumped our listeners. Wayne's looking at me quizzically, wondering who are these players that have played for Geelong and Sydney. It's actually quite a, a lengthy list. And if you're a ruckman, well, there's every chance you've probably played for Geelong and Sydney. You got any that come to mind for you? What him? Henry Playfair. Yep, there's one. Yes, of course we've got Gary Rowan. Yes. Um, yes. Well. Uh, question without notice. Um, yeah. I'd have to give a bit of thought and you might even get a text message from okay. me. Alright. Well, <laughs> well, let's hope we get a few from the listeners as well because there's a couple of big names that a few people might have forgotten or will be shocked when I announce at the end of the show that they did play for Sydney and Geelong uh, during their careers. Where's the best of luck to you and your club? Uh, thanks for your time right through the year and we'll, we'll have to get you on if you win the flag I reckon. Thanks for your time and enjoy. Talk to you guys. Thank you so much. Where's Cusworth? Joining us here on Sports Breakfast this morning uh, as he gets ready to head to the MCG to see his team in another grand final. Gee, they've been a good team for a long time, and they will, in my mind, I think, win the grand final, Wayne.